Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In ten seconds. Unbelievable. And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? Just wanted to make sure that we had even tweeted a link for this live show. Um, we'll see as people start trickling in. Out of the blue, we're going live again, but we figure it's more fun to just have people chiming in as we go throughout these episodes. But uh, I don't know where to start. I think we can start with, I guess, quickly. Let, let's talk. We spent a lot of time talking football last week. Um, but as of yesterday, we got the news we'd been waiting for. We've been waiting for Kobe Bryant's subscribers on YouTube to go up. We begged you guys to subscribe last week so he would finally announce. And he did, and he is coming back to Kansas, which is, I don't know. On Obviously, Devin Neal was the biggest return, but B-turn or A-B, whoever wants this, is he is Kobe Bryant the second biggest returnee, like the one that we needed second most? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if you take Austin Booker out, obviously he's going to end up going pro. Um, I guess if you count JD, since K-State fans convinced us that he was leaving, I don't know if he counts, but yeah, Kobe, lockdown corner, um, one of the better corners in the country and huge part of the defense. So big time that he's back. Obviously, Melo's back too. So you got the two stud corners back and team's going to return a ton. I mean, Lawrence Arnold's obviously back. All the receivers will be back. Highshaw, Neal, Jalen Daniels. So pretty much the entire offense is back. A couple offensive linemen hit the portal, but the the studs and the stars, the part of the offense are going to be returning. So it's going to be a lot of fun next year. Yeah. Uh, AB, at what point, not to get out of control here, but like if Jalen Daniels stays healthy, Boy. What is this team seal? I'll get back to you in eight months. Why? You... Well, it's a Big 12 championship. We know this. We know this damn okay. well. But the but... problem is, is I refuse to have the if Jalen Daniels is healthy conversation for like nine consecutive months because that's just going to let us down maybe, but it could also be great. I don't know. Um, yeah, if he's healthy, I, there's who, who do you actually think is better than KU? I mean, like I know, I know we think the Big Twelve is fun now, and it really is. I like what's happening and who's coming in. It's going to be a fun conference year in and year out. When I saw a picture last night after Texas lost, and like the new Big Twelve became official or whatever, just look at the logos, dude. Like no one's <laughs> no one's terrifying. No one's like that scary. I'm not saying KU's better than everybody else. They're probably top five at least. But I mean, yeah. If you want my answer, the 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 peak of the ceiling or the peak of the season is the college football playoff. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Now, I think we all agreed on that. I guess what I was kind of uh, getting at, I was hoping you'd read my mind, but, like, I'm not ruling out winning one game in the college football playoff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're not going to go down that road. But, like, I just – I can't – I cannot believe – and I know we had uh, we had offensive line transfer today, and so that obviously not great. But, like, 
you tell us at the beginning of this season that Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson, all those guys are back. Lawrence Arnold, all those guys are back. I don't know. We're probably delusional, but I've said that. I th- I thought you were delusional when we you said we'd win more than eight games, and mm-hmm. we did. And it's just like when you said, "Look at the logos." Not saying we're better than everybody. Do we have the best coach though? Has to be one. I, I mean, he's up towards the top. Obviously, he. We talk about the list that he was on before we even hired him. Just when it was Munkin and him, and people had him top ten, top twenty, and. I know Lance hasn't done anything crazy like for other people's standards. Like obviously KU hasn't made a big 12 title and haven't won double digit games. But I mean, the way he's turned KU around, I don't think many coaches in the country could have done what he's done. So yeah, I'd I'd take him over anyone in the league. And like you guys said, I, I don't see how people wouldn't think KU has just as good a shot to make the big 12 title as anyone next year. I know Arizona, will be really good. Utah will be really good. K-State's obviously still really good. I'm sure there will be surprise teams, maybe like a West Virginia. Um, but I don't, I'm don't. i interested to see what the odds will be next year. I know Rye talked about being top 15, top 20 ranked um, preseason ranking. I don't know what that'll look like. I feel like if KU was a competent um, school since Mangino left, that we would kind of get that respect and be ranked right off the bat. I still think people are still hesitant with KU football, but yeah, I, I think we could be what top two, top three in the odds to go to win the Big Twelve title, and just according to sports books, I'm not sure what they'll have us. I know Arizona, Utah, K State, but you would think top four, right? That's what I'm so curious to see. And AB, you probably know this better, but like, what's our what's our win total in Vegas next year? What is the, I, we're obviously not going to be favorites to win the league, but like we will, be, like you said, we got to be up there. It's just going to be really interesting to see how they, uh, I don't know, how they get there because it's well, still, it's, mm-hmm. it's, we still have that stigma. Of- it's going to be a pretty big number. I hate to say it, boys. Like, yeah. it, I think it was Kevin Flaherty that tweeted it uh, maybe after the bowl game or after the K State win or something. Uh, but he listed out like, pretty much the unanimous top five in the Big 12 for next year with Utah, Arizona, K-State, KU, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State is the six. KU only has to play two of them, and one of them's in Lawrence or Kansas City. The other one's K-State. So, like, so like is it eight and a half? Is yeah. it I mean, nine? I, I, I don't know if Vegas trusts us enough, but it could yeah. be. I mean, they won, they won nine total this year, so – the bowl game goes into goes into the win total, right? Or is it regular season wins? Regular season. Okay. So yeah, I mean eight and a half probably sounds about right then. I was thinking bowl game. I mean nine and three, and a lot of it is schedule based. Like the Big 12 stuff will that definitely will come into factor where we avoid Utah and Arizona, two teams that are be up near the top. And then obviously you'll have K-State, but you pretty much avoid – I mean, you get Iowa State at home, you're at Arizona State. So, yeah, you're really avoiding – I mean, just Utah and Arizona alone, that's two of the top teams in the league because obviously rising's back for Utah, Arizona. just And Ollie, Garden, Ollie Gordon's back for Oklahoma State. We don't have to play him. We don't have to play Taj Brooks. I mean, there's just a lot of guys. You know what I'm ready for? Play. I'm ready for the takes when we do win the Big 12. And it's mm. going to be because of our soft schedule. Cupcake um, schedule, yeah. That, the Orange Bowl year. 17 it's years not ago. because we're yeah. good. It's because of the schedule. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah. 
we beat Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl, but didn't play anybody. Can I can I give one team that I don't want to hear a peep about all all summer long, the rest of the winter and all summer before the season? If you guys have a guess, Texas. No, Big Twelve. Oh, um, all summer, no peep. I don't want to hear one person say that they're an actual contender for the Big Twelve. Oh my God, Texas Tech. Yes, Texas Tech. <laughs> it's every damn year, and it's. Dude, I, it's I, I, I still Michael see people Crabtree saying it now. And Patrick, I mean, Michael Crabtree was like the coolest football player at the time. It oh, felt like time. maybe it was because we were in like peak of our sports loving days, but mm-hmm. like. I, I am convinced the black uniforms, Michael Crabtree being electric, them winning on that last second touchdown against Texas, I'm convinced that changed everybody's outlook on Texas Tech. Even like yeah. Mahomes. Those teams stunk when Mahomes was there. And if you looked back on that, you'd be like, Tech used to be a wagon when Kingsbury was there and Mahomes was there. I mean, he got an NFL job. Have they ever had a good defense? <laughs> I don't know. It they is. They held us to 13 this year. We fall for it yeah. every year. Like you were talking about Crabtree when they had Graham Harrell and them, and those were always shootouts. Like you, when you played Tech, you knew it was going to be a shootout. I remember when we played them in Lawrence, I think we were rocking the Crimson jerseys. Um, Reasoning they put up a ton of points. It's always a shootout. Like you talked about the Crabtree Texas game. That I'll never forget mm-hmm. that that catch you made in the end zone. So yeah, they always. They always have high-powered offense. Like Mahomes, I'm pretty sure Tech was like bottom five defense in the entire country, maybe lower. Like they, he threw for seven or eight hundred yards against Oklahoma and like seventy or eighty pass attempts. Yeah, against Baker it, Mayfield. It reminds mm-hmm. me of like I don't know, like Iowa basketball or <laughs> Auburn basketball, like teams that they'll go hang ninety-eight on people and they'll kill teams at times, but. Then at the end of the day, it's still Iowa basketball. It's still Auburn basketball. Most of the time, they're not going to be as good as you think they are. But- Iowa Iowa football is pretty high powered. They score a lot of points. That tweet this weekend was bananas, dude. The fact I that they am- lost ninety-two to nothing, the ranked teams this year. Nothing. It consumes my brain far more than yeah. I ever thought it would. It makes no sense for their offense to be that bad. I mean, you. I feel like you could just like implement an entirely new playbook the morning of the game and put up just as good as numbers as they are. Like it's crazy. They just keep doing the same thing. And I it's the, a full documentary on it. They Six have five. they have pros every year too. Legit offensive pros. And yeah, some are offensive linemen. They have a tight end drafted in the first 60 picks every single year, it feels like. <laughs> Sometimes and yeah, multiple. they make plays in college. Yeah. And but it's just it is weird. God, use them. Like, use your weapons. Just be a little bit creative. I promise. And, like, I don't watch enough football. What even is the problem? I mean, obviously, it's everything. But is it, like, O-line? Is it wide receivers not being able to run routes? Is it running backs? Like, I think they, it's a mixture of all. But, like you said, they have guys. And they win nine, ten games every year, and they're ranked, and they make it to the Big Ten Championship, like, frequently. It's yeah, just, I don't – their games are – I mean, you saw some of the – I think the lowest total in college football history was an Iowa game. It was like It was like, hammered. It was like five Iowa different Iowa football. games this year. Yeah. Every yeah. week I'd get on Twitter and Brett McMurphy would tweet, the Iowa and 
Indiana game is a total of 33 and a half. That's the lowest total since 2000. And then the next week, the Iowa-Illinois game is a total of 30 and a half. That's the lowest since last week. Like they're in their game. Like if you take an under in one of their games, you're literally just praying that nothing goes wrong on the snap with the punt and Mm -hmm. no one muffs the punt. Like with no short field, which probably would lead to a field goal. But yeah, you're literally just hoping for – Handoff for two, handoff for three, incomplete pass. I Iowa mean, the punt. greatest thing ever was that their team total was originally, what, a half point against Michigan? And mm-hmm. then they realized, oh, shit, this, this defense could force a safety. So they had to up their team total up. Like, it just – they make no sense at oh, all. Oh, man. And I want a deep dive on it because <laughs> – what is being said behind closed doors? What is Kirk Parent saying to his son as they just can't score? They can't even, they can't even get in a field goal range. Like, think about that. Their offense is so bad. Vegas is like, they won't even attempt a makeable field goal. Can you imagine being an Iowa fan, like being down two scores in the fourth quarter? That has to feel like the most insurmountable. One, one yeah. score. Yeah. yeah, seven points, no shot. I mean, I remember I had an Iowa, I had that Iowa Minnesota under this year, and it just felt great the entire time. And Iowa punted in Minnesota, or no, Minnesota punted. Iowa ran the punt back, and they called some crazy penalty, which that would have taken it over. But it was like 13, it was like 16, 13, and I was in danger of losing the under. (laughs) I mean, at what point does Iowa just, I mean, to me, Kirk Ferentz, should borderline be fired for letting his son, uh, Brian Ferentz. Mm-hmm. He's gone now. Yeah. How does? Never mind. They're such a passionate fan base that I wonder how they actually feel. Like, obviously they love their team, but do you think they get excited anymore? Like, do they do they believe that there's a chance Iowa can ever get to the next level, or are they just hopeless and they're going to go ten and two every year and complain? And it sounds crazy to a bunch of people, but it's also like. No, you guys are you guys are right to be pissed off. Like, are they on Twitter arguing with Iowa State fans? Like, oh, you wish you could win ten games. Like, are they just kind of living in that world where they act like being incredibly average every year is ideal? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. It'd be a horrible place to be. We've well, a lot's about to change for them though because the divisions go away, so they don't just get the Big Ten West every year, which. I don't know how a conference that gets as much respect as the Big Ten has a division that's that bad consistently year after year. It's bananas. So stupid. It's bananas. Ten minute talk about Iowa football. I mm-hmm. I would do another hour on it. it no, honestly, like, there's, what do we have to talk about for the Hawks? We can talk about the Hawkeyes. <laughs> it is something my brain can't comprehend. I think about it way too often. It is one of the stranger things. I've. I don't. I don't get it. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's move on. Um, because I imagine watching Iowa football offense is just as boring. Or I imagine listening to us talk about Iowa offense is just as boring as watching it. But I don't have much else on football. It is what it is. The Hawks are going to be really good. We return pretty much everyone you want to return. Losing Booker does suck, but that's going to happen. You're going to lose, guy. You're not going to have good teams like we had. You're not going to exceed expectations and then just keep everyone. For us to keep the guys we are – is a huge, huge win. Um, but it's officially basketball season. It's mind-blowing mm-hmm. that the regular season is 
or the non-conference season is over. The Hawks roll through it 12 and 1. Or is that what we are? 12 and 1? Something and 1. 12 and 1, maybe. AP poll. It's crazy. We're number two. We've beaten what? Number six, number four, number five. And our only loss is the number seven. And I don't think anyone is still at the point where they're like, I love this team. This team's going to easily make a Final Four. It's just weird. It, it shows the greatness of what Bill Self is. But how are you? Where are you at, B turn, with this team? I thought a pretty impressive showing on Saturday. I yeah. feel a little better. Now. Yeah, Hawks covered. I think it had been a little bit. I don't. I don't know if I'm right there. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's just different. Just we're used to having scoring point guards. Um, we love Dewan, and he's he's great. Obviously, facilitating defensively. Um, so I think we're just KU fans are used to like elite scoring guards that are all Americans. You kind of just you have a wing that's an all American. You have a big that's an all American. So. That's kind of how I look. I mean, you got two All-American players that you could make a case uh, being first team or a national player of the year candidate. Like Kev's 20 a night right now. and He rebounds. Hunter's walking double-double 20 and what did he have on Saturday? Um, 22 and 13. So two really consistent All-American type guys. And then you're kind of just waiting on like an El Marco. And he had his best game as a Jayhawk on Saturday. He was electric made a lot of stuff happen um, most field goal attempts he's taken since he's been at KU by a wide margin it was like six he took 10 shots he was aggressive um, you saw why NBA scouts are high on him and why Bill loves him and the team loves him so was really pumped to see that out of him because we've been we've been waiting for that fifth guy we talked about the four starters that you are confident in and how the bench isn't very deep um, you don't expect a ton out of them but El Marco was great on Saturday, and I obviously hope keeps that up going forward. You need we need El Marco to be really good for this team to go deep. I feel like, yeah. Uh, and I do want to talk more about El Marco mm-hmm. uh, and <clears throat> Nick Timberlake. That that poor guy. Yeah, felt like he had a. Actually, let's just talk about it right now. Felt like Timberlake had a little bit of momentum. Did it not? Yes, it did. Yeah. Or Yale. Yikes. Yeah, zero points, three fouls, over five. Five I think. on the field. I, I feel, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll come back to that because I do agree. Like El Marco, to me, that was the first time. I've always kind of had the thought, oh, El Marco will start to figure it out. But you started to see flashes of how good he could be, and why he was like a projected first round pick and a McDonald's All American. But AB, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. This team, they go twelve and one. Their one loss is to Marquette, a top ten team. They win at Indiana. They beat UConn. They beat Kentucky. They do pretty much everything you could ask of this team outside of winning Maui. And weirdly, like I said, analytics hate us. Ken Palm hates us. But we're still twelve and one. And normally, what I would be thinking right now is, man, we're about to get exposed in conference play. We're going to play in few road games here in January and February, and we're going to lose three out of the next six road games or something. Doesn't feel like that's going to be the case this year. And I know you've been the biggest proponent of like the start to this conference schedule is pretty attractive to KU, but OU, a top 
you know, they've got one loss and it's to North Carolina. I know it's at Allen Fieldhouse, but like, so do you see a potential scenario where this 12 and one Kansas Jayhawk team does run into a little January rut like we've seen before? Or is the schedule soft enough to where you think they can even continue to maybe have some gross games and still win? You know, Ryan, here's the thing. I don't think that there's a shred of a chance that that happens, to be completely honest with you. Let me count really quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They got eight games in January. I'm personally guaranteeing they go eight now in the month of January. Let's clip that. I will do that. Um, Read through those eight. eight I'll read through them happily right now. They start with TCU at home. Does anyone think they're losing that on Saturday? Lost by 30 last year at home to TCU. That's okay. I agree. agree. Um. We also haven't lost the Big 12 opener since our parents were born. Uh, so that's another thing that that's we have in our so... pocket. Um, UCF on the road. I mean, come on, boys. That's another thing we have in our pocket. Come on, boys. UCF on the road. Don't know much, but yeah, I, I feel 74th decent. and Ken Palm. They're nothing. Oklahoma at home. Here's my thing with Oklahoma. They're not making the tournament. Uh, Oklahoma State, they're maybe the second worst team in the Big 12, if not the worst. Uh, we play them on the road. Uh, West Virginia on the road. They might actually be the worst team in the conference. Cincinnati's at home. Like, sorry, that's not a loss. You go to Hilton on a Saturday, that's the one question mark, and then you finish off with Oklahoma State at home. So it's like, to me, there's literally one game that they even have a chance to lose, in my opinion. And that might sound, that might come back to haunt me. I might just get shredded for this and burned because, sure, they're college kids. Maybe it's just a couple nights off, and they lose the game in Orlando or wherever UCF's campus is. Um, but, no, I, I, I think the schedule is soft enough and that this team is good enough to just kind of do what they've been doing the last month, month and a half, and maybe not play their best ball all the time or very consistently at all, but do just enough to, to you know, get the win at the end. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I feel like Rye will kind of agree with this. I don't know, but I just – I don't see – like this KU team going on the road and just dominating a team. Like, I don't, I don't care how bad, like, I feel like Indiana is kind of on the same, I know it's a tougher environment, but they're kind of on the same level where like a UCF is that you just talked about. Like, I don't see us going in and just dominating from the opening tip and winning by 20 plus. Like, I think these games will be tight because we've talked about it. The offense is going to struggle to score many nights. Mm -hmm. Like you have a point guard that doesn't shoot. Um, and then you have, you put all your attention on Kev. Obviously, there's been teams that double um, Hunter and just kind of let KJ roam around. So I really do think there's going to be nights where KU scores less than 60 or like in the low 60s, and it's going to be ugly. And KU Twitter is going to be going nuts, and it's going to be the craziest meltdown. So I just don't, I don't see us going on the road and just dominating. And but like like AB said, a game like Indiana where. You're losing. It's tight. You find a way to win at the end. Um, they've done that a lot this year, even like in Eastern Illinois, which that's so gross to talk about. But they find ways to win late. And we've talked about how they have vets and guys that have been around playing college ball for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, B-Turn. I think uh, old Tony Bax here sometimes <laughs> here we caught go. up in the, the algorithm. <laughs> it's mm. the college basketball is full of kids just struggling in road games. And, I mean, I guess tell me this, and if you have the Ken Palm lines in front of you for yep. those games, I'd be curious. But, like, <laughs> yep. I think I think at Oklahoma State is going to be a single-digit game or a within five points in the final five minutes of that game. 
I think it's a game where we're going to do probably what Bill Self does, and he's going to outcoach Mike Boynton. We're going to win the game. But, like, I don't think we're going to blow him out. By the way, Mike Boynton may be coaching for his job. People are saying that. Stillwater's always tough for us. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how good we are. Like, 08, they lose. Um, yeah. What Frank? Even Frank's here or Devontae's here? I mean, we got pumped. We've lost to some bad Oklahoma State teams. And, like, there, it would be such a Oklahoma State move for, like, them to have an awful year. And then Boyton wins this game and, like, gets himself another year or two because it's, he beat KU again. It's just a gross game always. Like, you have the gross view of the court. Oh, just oh, a bunch of sloppy turnovers, a bunch of loud misses, Bill getting teed up. Um, I don't, it's just always a weird game. They always play better than they are, I feel like. And we, we never play well there, it feels like. I'd have to go back and look. No. Um, but we've had some games where we kind of like, I think there was kind of blew them out a couple of times, but. It might have been last year, but Bill, it, the game was so ugly that Bill said a defensive play was the greatest play he's ever seen. It was like Marcus Garrett or Dewan. Remember that? He's like, it was, that's the oh, best play. Dewan, like, what did he do? Like, lost the ball, but then made a dive. Oh, yeah, Bill, I love how he loves often, As Bill's gotten older, he's called like 25 different plays the best play that. That's one of the best plays I've seen mm-hmm. since I've been here. That's a good the crazy, I don't know if we ever talked about this. He said in the Indiana locker room post game that it was the best win, one of the best wins he'd been a part of. Wow. He hasn't been a part of that many big wins here. No, he hasn't. No. But Choker. back to my original point. Yes, B-turn. We are going to struggle with Oklahoma State. It's going to be a close game. I don't know if we'll win or lose. We'll probably win, but I don't think we're sleepwalking through it like AB thinks. Like uh, I am right now. I Woo! agree. I think we handle OU. I actually – I kind of have a feeling that the OU game in Allen Fieldhouse – and I'm kind of just going through this because I want to look back on how well I – or awfully I predicted all this. I kind of have a feeling OU comes in Allen Fieldhouse and gets absolutely trounced. Like Doors blown off. Right? I mean, I feel like that team that's all hype and ready for the big game, the big road game, and then we were up 31-7 to 7 at the under 10 or under 12, and it's just like, well – They yeah. won't watch the video board. Mm-mm. But I could, I might predict the biggest KU home win against a ranked team in the last decade before going into that one. Yeah, I'm so maybe, out on the Sooners. I'm so out on the Boomer Sooners. Takes and predictions. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm a little disappointed that after 48 hours straight of me pumping the same video over and over of you guys just not believing in what I'm saying, and then I make the next crazy take I make. I hear for five minutes about how Mike Boynton and the 97th ranked in America, Ken Palm, Oklahoma State basketball Cowboys are just going to beat us. They're just they're just going to I'm just going to do it. So, like, it's starting to me. It's starting to sound like somehow this turned into I'm the positive one on the podcast. Wait, who's the Boynton you guys are the guy? Haters. Who's the Boynton supporter my, my around boyfriend, here? My boyfriend. My boyfriend. I, I'll, I'll love him till I die. <laughs> I, why do I even like him? Like, well, where did this where was this born? 2019 we're sitting in your grandma's Listen, right but like I why like him. <laughs> you got to answer that we can't answer it for you but he's going to be a great analyst he's going to be great next to like jay williams on game day one day i don't know but just kidding he'll get a solid head coaching job but um, i i obviously have like the most confidence ever with us playing at Allen fieldhouse like we all should we go years without losing there 
Um, I mean, we pretty we always say it's like eight and one, nine and zero oh in Big Twelve play. Like, it's tough sure. to answer this, but do we like do we feel confident in KU winning all these home games still because it's Allen, or is this team a little different? Because all the I mean, most of the games are tight. Like even UMKC was kind of tight late. Eastern Illinois, I know those games are tough to get up for, but it, that game was tight. Mizzou, Mizzou, we kind of came out weird. I know we won that game comfortably, but but do you guys, we're going to play multiple. I mean, there's, besides us, there's four four other Big 12 teams in Ken Palm's top 17. So that's that's obviously four games that, actually, no, we, we don't play everyone home and away, do we? No, no. we don't. So well, regardless, we got, we're going to have Houston, or we're going to have um, Baylor. Yeah, Baylor, Houston. Texas, BYU, who, yeah, Cole just said it in the comments a little bit ago. BYU's the third-ranked team in Ken Palm. So that's crazy to me. But we're going to have multiple top 10, top 20 teams at Allen. Do we just automatically win those games because it's Allen? I no, but I think you win every one of them, but maybe one. I yeah, think you can safely lock in eight and one. I don't think this team goes undefeated at home, but I don't think they lose more than one. And then I think they'll steal one on the road, whether that's at Houston on March 9th or at Baylor or at OU. I don't know. They're going to win a road game that makes up for their one loss at home, I imagine. So, um, but I agree, B-Turn. I think we're going to have, and we've had this before, like even, even that 2017 Jackson team, Josh Jackson, Frank, those guys, like they played in a lot of close home games. They lost the home game to Iowa State. They almost lost on senior night. Too. Yeah, Frank senior night. Yeah, so like that team. West Virginia. Were, yeah. They were down they were what? 14. 13, 14. With, People yeah. were leaving? Oh, they're leaving. Yeah, so. People leaving early. But that team had a year that like they could sleepwalk and then realize that they could score 15 in the final minute and a half. But I, so I think it's just going to be one of those games that one of those seasons where every conference game feels like a grind. Um, I hope not, dude. But, A.B., I mean, as I'm looking at this schedule, you are right. You win at Oklahoma State. Whoa. You're going to win at West Virginia. You're going to beat Cincinnati at home. But I would probably say, I don't know where Iowa State's at, Ken Palm-wise, but that's a very losable game. All right, I think we likely – Iowa State 17, yeah. Baylor 15, BYU 3, Houston 1, KU 13. So we're the third-ranked. Third ranked team in the Big Twelve, according to Kim Pom, but we're second in the polls. So can I eight, give one real quick take on the uh, the what we were just talking about, like sleepwalking and stuff? Yeah. Is there just a chance that this team has so much like college basketball experience on the roster that they just simply don't have it in them to get up for a game against Eastern Illinois? Like they oh, just like sure. and like I'm not saying that's a smart way to go about it or the right way to go about it or it's not going to bite you in the ass at some point when one of these sneaky little scrappy teams jumps up and gets you when you don't expect it probably will happen it always does but i'm still gonna when it get, comes to these big games we've seen it so far this year but i'm just gonna trust those guys that know how to flip the switch like all five of the star i guess not all five before the five starters have played three or four years of college basketball already so, just- I, guess, I guess i'm just thinking of like a cincinnati at home that's kind of mm-hmm. an example like do you get up for that game they're the 40th ranked team on ken palm there's 10 big 12 teams in the top 40 like that's i mean a top 40 team in ken palm we've struggled with 
Indiana. Like I know it was at Indiana. Yeah. Three. So like that, like, do you get up for that game middle? It's kind of the sixth game in the big 12 play. Um, it's after like two after really two tough road games, games yeah. at, in Stillwater in Morgantown, two places we struggle in. If you win those games, you come back, you're all refreshed, feeling good. You got Cincinnati, like that game will be tight. I don't really see us blowing that many teams out. Like who in the Big 12, AB, I, I need you to answer this because you're feeling mm-hmm. good. But who in the Big 12 do you just feel like KU is going to just pump besides OU? UCF, <laughs> Oklahoma State, West Virginia. I think Cincinnati at home. I'm sorry. I think games, we're going to blow out. Like I – I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. A top they 40 get up team for like, that it game. could be sneaky, but we just all said that like it's a lock that they're at least going eight and one at home in conference. If we lose a conference home game this year, I don't. It's not going to be Cincinnati. It's, yeah, it's, saying it's we not going to be one of those teams. But I see what you're saying though, and it is like a weird spot coming off two sleepy road games, and then it's with Iowa State, and you're at yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah, definitely no, a tough I mean, spot, but thing. also I just I, I think that's what I'm saying though is like I. I think we could be in a close game with Cincinnati into the final 10 minutes. But I just – I think kind of to your point, A.B., that these guys can kind of not get up for a game and then, oh, we need to lock in, get three big stops, and we'll execute better and we'll win the game. Like, I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. 2022 was like that a little bit. Um, so it'll be fun. The thing that I keep thinking about this team, and we haven't really seen the gear since then, I guess Wichita State – we were pretty solid at times in that game. But, like, I keep thinking back to the first half against UConn. We were so good in that first half. Our defense was what we all would hope this defense could be. We should have been up 15, 20 points if, if uh, UConn doesn't make just late shot clock threes. And so, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see, like, can they play at that level for road games? Can they play at that level – for home games, I think, I think that OU game is going to be a classic example. Like I said, where we come out, we we play at that level, but we're for sure going to mess around and shoot ourselves in the foot and lose a game that's really bad. I think yeah. with this team, and so we'll see. But I mean, even the the twenty, we talk about it all the time the team that just won it all a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks before they won it all was one of the craziest meltdowns and. KU Twitter history at TCU in Fort Worth. Like everyone was on Dewan, CB. A lot of those guys didn't play well that night. Dave was getting a lot of heat. And then like Dave helps KU win the Big 12 title. They win it all. He helps them win it all. So yeah, there's going to be nights where Twitter melts down. Um, but you brought up the UConn game. There's going to be multiple ranked teams at Allen. And we're going to get that atmosphere multiple times. And it's just it's obviously the biggest advantage in the country. Like having that building is special. And it's like, we're so lucky because there's so many games that we play like shit and the crowds behind them and they find ways to win against a really good team and a night where they just don't play well at all and probably don't deserve to win, but they just find a way. Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. Um, Sorry, I was just lost in Ken Palm. Do you guys have a line prediction for what if KU at Houston happened today, what the line would be? Houston minus eight. KU at Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh Houston <laughs> minus five and a half. I don't know that the betting <laughs> apps would make this the line. 
but I think it might be a record for KU. It's the biggest I remember. He's got Houston 72, Kansas 61. Can you imagine KU plus 11 in a conference? Game? I'm Dude. just saying. I get I'm looking at it right now. It's going to change. This is just math, and I get people. Our team totals. And I'm going to be an idiot, but something is wrong with Ken Palm's algorithm. This early, yes. It, I, and I, I know it's stupid. I, it, people are like, man, Ken Palm, Ken's, Ken Palm's so like, Ken's. crazy. It's just numbers. He simply just has an algorithm that's been wildly accurate for years and years and years. So I get that like Ken Palm does not have some grudge against us. Mm-hmm. But like, I, and I'm not going to go on a Chris Reynolds rant. <laughs> oh God! Speaking of Chris Reynolds, uh, in the chat, but like, what are we doing with you? Yeah. Chris loves Houston. I Competitive just, I team. That's crazy. AB 72, 61. I think I saw something. I don't know how accurate this is, but like the ESPN game predictor had Houston with like a seventy-two percent chance to win an Allen Fieldhouse. I think I saw. Now, I mean, who knows what? Do you want to hear the line for that game? What game? Houston yeah, at Allen. Houston minus two. Thought minus I four. <laughs> if we're I ever mean, a four-point four dog in Allen, I don't care if it was <laughs> I am 2020 Villanova or something, or one of the best. Like, I would put so much money on it. It would be unhealthy. I mean, I, I, I would be emptying – 401k. <laughs> I would be emptying the IRA. Do you take the points or do you IRA. just take money line? I would be taking the points. I would be taking the money line. I'd be parlaying every live betting. Balls we're down to 20. Yeah. I mean, you're getting a HELOC on the house. It I I hope. Even like what is BYUKU line? I, Ryan, I've been trying to say this. If one. We, I know you've been on this one for a while, but like I'm having, I hate that I'm sitting here like going to war with a freaking algorithm. But my God, what if Ken Palm turned himself Ken, into a book? Ken you Palm, just, you could take uh, like look ahead lines and you could parlay like KU minus one against BYU and KU plus four versus Houston, KU plus eleven at Houston. See what you get there. So, B-Turn, you follow, like, betting, and I guess both of you guys do. Like, So, mm. let's say that we play Houston next week, and let's say the line is not actually for Houston and Allen Fieldhouse, but, like, what do you think Vegas would make that line? I know they're pretty close with Ken Palm. Obviously, I think Vegas is going to factor in the Allen Fieldhouse element, but, like, I still think Houston, if it's four on Ken Palm, is going to be two-point favorites – in Vegas, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how AB probably knows a lot better just because he lives on Kim. I think he works for him. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know how different the spreads really are. I mean, they usually are, like you said, pretty close. I don't. I feel like how many points is Allen Fieldhouse worth? Like, I think home teams get what two, three points of leeway just from being at home. And I like, think Allen Fieldhouse, you could argue, is like five or six. It's crazy. Twenty. Because now that I'm saying this out loud, like, are we sure that Ken Palm couldn't have it at Houston four point favorites, and then KU would still be favored in Vegas? Like, I'm not. I think that's possible. Yeah. I mean, Ken Palm, they have us projected 61 points. Like, 
what what's your percentage of confidence we could beat Houston scoring 61 points? I I think I would UConn feel okay. scoring 69, yeah. I think I would feel okay. I think I bet our team total is right around upper 50s, lower 60s against Houston. Like they're the number one defense, adjusted defense, and adjusted tempo is 324. Yeah, like, I, I think that – I think we could – 100% we could lose to Houston. I don't want it to sound well, like yeah. doing it, but like we're not losing – I don't know. They're just not going to blow us out, and they're not going to just come in and win. I don't know. It, I think we could win that game 61-58. to 58. Like, I just do not yeah. think Houston's offense is – see him scoring 72 like he has it. We can well, all picture it, too. It's the last Saturday of college basketball before the conference tournament. It's 5 p.m. college game day. ESPN's load or no, we're probably going to be right before Duke Carolina, like we usually are on that Saturday. Keep talking, and you know, KU is fifteen and two in the Big Twelve, and Houston is fifteen and two in the Big Twelve. And the winner gets the conference, and you see the double fist pump, Bill Self oh, throwing yeah. it up, going crazy. And <laughs> like the final are. score is fifty-eight yes. fifty-five. Yes, and oh, and like it's, it's, KJ Adams has like oh, it's going to be bad. 20- you know, it'd be a game where KJ scores a ton because no nobody can make a, mm-hmm. any Bill, points happen. The Legerald Vic versus Washington type stuff, but we win. Yeah. Bill's just bricked up from um, winning 49-47. Yes, just, yeah, oh, the fist pump he would have, especially if the narrative is that we're going to lose by, you know, or five-point dogs. I don't know how much Bill, the staff, the team, people in the program – really care about this do you think they have an issue with houston in general like we do like do you think they were as pissed as we were last year when houston got the seat over we did do you think that they hate the fact that houston gets this respect whether it, I, I mean i'm not sure bill's not looking at ken palm and all this but being a top five team and then not really going on the deep tournament run doesn't count. yeah um, i don't think they care about like houston outside of what happened last year but Mm-hmm. I don't think they're like us fans on Twitter. They're like, oh, Houston's at it again, getting overranked, yeah. and now they're going to choke. But, like, <laughs> I do – I would bet Bill Self loves Houston because he would love to, <laughs> you know, that's his it style. Just, I guess my point is it feels like a game that I could see Bill taking super personally and, like, maybe it's the, all right, you guys are tied for the conference lead. This isn't only for the conference championship. This is for who's in control of the conference going forward. Big 12 winner goes through Houston. Big 12 winner goes through Lawrence. I think they could take something personal out of that and say, no, fuck you guys. You guys just got here. We've been running this fucking ship for 100 years. Good luck, but it's still our turn. You guys will figure it out in the future, maybe next year in Mexico City. Bill Self's a pride guy, and he would not want Kelvin Sampson rolling in and winning the conference his first year here, especially Mm -hmm. because, yeah, I mean, we'll – We'll probably be competing with them for a Midwest one seed again, even though I don't think we care that much. But that like bullshit. Um, so yeah, that game will mean a lot. Um, hopefully, it's not to decide the conference because as as accurate as you were about that whole description of that day, um, it would be terrifying to have to go win at Houston to win the conference. It would be very difficult, but I don't know. It would be fun. And also, do you think that we would get more excited for the – because I don't know if that game is just for the conference. might also just be for the number one overall seed, too. 
we um, really in that scenario so like that's the thing what would you be more upset about losing the seed or the conference i'm i'm just looking back last year we won like the toughest league in college basketball history and got just dookied on I can't do it. Region and teams. But yeah, I'm right. we, we've talked about it. Like yeah, we want to Super Celtic 32. We want we want to win the Big 12 and the Big 12 is obviously elite and it's it's an awesome accomplishment. Um how like how hurt would you guys be if KU doesn't win the Big 12? Like just going forward in Bill Self's tenure. No, don't care. You know you know what you're going to be if we go 9 and nine or you know if we win like lose like seven conference games then yeah i'm gonna be pissed but if we lose four conference games and the winner wins loses three <laughs> your face i'm trying to picture a nine and nine <laughs> basketball like Didn't we go no. 10 and we lost like seven in 2021 probably I mean, we 11 and seven what wiggins team do i know they lost like 10 total games I think they lost six conference games. Yeah, but they lost Ooh, a they lot. Still, they still won the Big 12, though. That's yeah. funny. No, they, they only lost. They only <laughs> lost four Big 12 games. Yeah. So six. Oh, I guess Big 12 tournament. Big tournament. Iowa State. Um. Ugh. Okay, so B turn. I know you got to hop off, and we probably just need to wrap this up because we're just sitting here, just rambling along. But never wrap it up. Where? Do we like AB? We're all, I think we're all in agreement, even though we were giving you a hard time. Okay, you should win these first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Their first eight home or their first eight conference games, at the very worst, you would hope they go seven and one because I think they'll probably lose at Iowa State. Um, if they don't, I think they'll drop another one outside of that one, but seven and one, but like then. I guess if you had to predict a skid where this team loses two of four or three of seven, three of six, do you see that happening? Or are you just confident enough in the Big 12 maybe not being, which is crazy to say as I sit here and look at a stretch where we play our 10 at last State, we play Baylor, we play at Texas Tech, we have Oklahoma on the road, we play Texas, we play BYU. We Houston play- is before K-State. Yeah, I was going to say he left out Houston in that stretch. Yeah, Our mean, last 10. It's yeah, crazy. It is crazy. So, like, I'm not saying they're going to win the first eight games of conference play because I think that this team's unbeatable. I'm saying it because I think the bottom half of the Big 12 and the middle part of the Big 12 when they're playing in Lawrence just doesn't really compete with this team. But the back half is a bear. And yeah. I, I still think they're probably going to lose a bear four or five conference games. And that might be enough to win it. Like, I don't think that's crazy to think that 13 and five shares a title with Houston or Baylor. Like, Houston's going to struggle playing two ranked teams every other week, probably. I mean, I think we might have brought this up on the pod the other day. They haven't played a ranked conference opponent since like 2017 when Wichita State was ranked. And that might not even be right. It's been years and years and years, thousands of days since they've played a ranked team in a conference game. Um, So I just, Houston. Oh, yeah. So I just think they're just, I mean, they're going to play in environments that they don't see every year and they're going to have to play in them once a week. So yeah, you just, um, teams are going to struggle. They're still good teams in this league. It's it, maybe it won't be 13 and five because it's not like last year where literally all 18 conference games, you could say, Oh, I, I could see them losing this one, but I don't know. 
it might be similar to football where there's a bunch of teams that are like better than everybody else that consistently beat the bottom half and when those teams go up against each other. I mean, even the even the last 10 games, just looking at the last 10 games of conference play, four of those are against Baylor and Houston, two mm-hmm. and two. And then one of them's against number three, almighty BYU, the Jim Fredettes. Like half of those games are Baylor, Houston, and uh, BYU. And then at Bramlage, which will be nasty. And uh, Lubbock. At, yeah. And, and, and Norman. So that's – Baylor, Houston, BYU, that's three top 15 teams on Ken Palm. BYU's three, Houston's one. We play Houston twice. We play Baylor twice. Like, I think Baylor's a pretty tough matchup for us. Um, but, yeah, I, we're going to be – our schedule's nuts. You talked about Maui probably – is that the best Maui field ever, like rankings-wise? Mm-hmm. You go through that. You only have one – like Marquette. KU fans talk about Marquette like they're the best team ever assembled. Um, I know their coach, they have six players on the floor at all times. Thank God Marquette got brought up because this podcast is just getting fucking started now. We got to talk about Shaka. They have three losses. Like they have three losses. They lost at Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. They So we act like they're this almighty team. Obviously it was a tough matchup for us, but KU just went through that gauntlet of a schedule with one loss and – just a night they played like shit, couldn't get any, anything going offensively. But like you said, right, they've beaten multiple ranked teams. And now you go into probably the best league in the country. I don't I don't know what league is better. I'm sure, so, Big 12 is the best league in the country, Shokan. right? No, the Shokan's got us. Oh, okay. So, American. About, like, A.B., you just mentioned that. 30 seconds. Have you guys had these Hershey Kiss hot chocolate flavored <laughs> things? Oh, my God. Have you? Do we have K-State score updates? They were up eight last time I saw. They're up six now. Again, mighty, mighty. 311. Amber is the color of my energy for Chicago State something. I don't know their mascot. Um, Historically, one of the worst programs in basketball history. I got one more thing on Houston. Yes. AB, you mentioned that they hadn't played a ranked team in whatever. Whatever. Their conference slate. Think about what their conference slate used to be. And here's a stretch that Houston has starting in like 20 days. They go at BYU. Mm -hmm. They play K-State at home. They'll handle that. They go to Texas. They go to Kansas. And then three games later, they got Texas again. They've got – in a month stretch, they play at Kansas. They play Texas twice. They play Baylor on the road. They play at BYU. Like, it is going to be very interesting to see how Houston handles not only just a tougher conference slate, but a gauntlet of a stretch at time. Like, and that's just how the Big 12 is going to be. You're going to have tough games over and over again. But, like, I will be I will be very impressed if Houston comes out of the Big 12 with less than, like, five losses. I, fair, I'll fair. make this bold prediction. They're going to win Saturday. Against West or yeah, against West Virginia at home, they ease their way into Big Twelve. It's like nothing changed from going to the American. I think they lose both games next week, though. I really do. At Iowa State and at TCU, back-to-back road games, back-to-back road trips against some nasty fans and Ames. TCU just sneaky. I'm sure they've played before recently. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just a big believer in it. You start playing well, in bigger environments, and I know I'm um, keep saying it, but I'm about to get a phone call in about 30 seconds. I I wanted to give my thoughts on Shaka. 
but I think yes. you guys probably need to cover that. I guess I can talk about it until I get the call. Um, but Give your quick takes because I, I don't, I don't, I don't care if this is like unprofessional. Like we're not journalists or anything. So I just like he is a massive douchebag. Yes, and he thinks he's more important than he is. He's made the final four. Congrats, your team got hot. You shouldn't have made the tournament. He, I, I, he just he acts like he's this almighty coach. The way he talks, he's so cocky. Um, and I, I really wish like a guard that has or whoever has the ball on the perimeter just run him over. Like I don't care. He's literally on the floor, fucking guarding in the corner. And like, the guy was left-handed. Baylor Shire probably needed to go. Literally going left, and he sees a midget bald man in a fucking defensive stance trying to guard Baylor Shireman, like literally about to trap him. He did. I don't know. I I think he did trap him. It was it was textbook double in the corner. It was great defense. I can mean, you, can you imagine when Bill saw that after the game? Like you know, he saw it. Oh yeah. And just I'm getting the call. I gotta go. I All love right, you, Braden. Good Go luck. Hawks. Rock shock. Shock is a douche. <laughs> I mean, and gone. I, I love as, as annoying as shock is. I found that clip to be so funny. I, it's the first time you've seen a coach, and he kind of did it against KU, but like it legitimately was like the refs just let him cut a defender off and force him the other direction. It was crazy. And I almost yeah. respected it. So Braden said he wants someone to run into him while he's doing that. Do you think the refs would call a charge? <laughs> just for the laughs out of it, I would hope that one of the refs has enough comedic sense to just yeah. go over and point the other way and then just say, I'm fucking kidding. We're going to get him out of here. Or would they like – I could see them like ejecting the player. Oh being God. like, eh, as flagrant one on the opposing team's coach. I don't know. It – I know we used to complain about Bruce Weber, like that dude used to be halfway up the court, but it was never, ever a, a well-executed double team in no. the corner. Just with a guy, like I said, Shireman, I think that's who it was. Maybe not. I don't know. Either I way, right. pretty sure it was a left-handed guard that needed to go left and could not because Marquette's basketball coach was cutting off the, the drive. Like, it's just so funny. I can't stand um, that guy, man. But I yes, Cole, Cole Pete with no one loves slapping the floor more than Shaka. 100%. And, like, you know Shaka in his playing days was, like, classic guy that, you know, slapping the floor is corny as it is, but I guess if that's your style, there is a time and a place. But Shaka's the guy that never did it at the right time. And when he did do it, he got blown by or backdoor cut for an easy layup. Like mm -hmm. he never, he was the guy that never sees the right moment when to slap the floor. Kind of like Duke slapping the floor in a two, three zone. Like there's times <laughs> when you maybe can get away with it, but there's absolutely times where it should be highly illegal. And I promise you Shaka Smart was one guy that just constantly screwed that up. Probably mm -hmm. like his teammates would roll their eyes and things like, oh, here goes Shaka slapping the floor again. But is yeah. there a chance that he moves again? Like, do you think know. he's a Marquette lifer? I know they're a decent basketball program, but like, is that his? I know it didn't work out with Texas, and I think a lot of people were saying like Texas was too big into football, and they just didn't like. You know, Shaka kind of needs to be able to mold the whole thing, but like, I don't know. You're I'm mean. Like, he gets offered a bigger job. Would Indiana offer it? 
would Louisville offer? Would it would be interesting at Louisville because yeah, that's it's just like basketball school. Mm-hmm. I, cool. I mean, Jerome Tang's going to Louisville, so here's here's the question: Houston, when Samson retires, I mean, Samson's old. Yeah, but his son is. Oh, so- his son's taking over. Okay, oh, yeah. I mean, well, his son's been on the staff forever, so That'd I would be pretty imagine. funny if they just screwed him like that and said no. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I think Michigan State. I don't. I think Izzo's one of those guys that may. I don't. Is he going to be a guy that like overstays his welcome? Where it's like, okay, uh, <laughs> like Snyder was at K State, where it's like, oh. We got to tell this guy to retire, or will he be like a Roy Williams that immediately recognizes he doesn't got it anymore and it's time to go? Because he's, I'm gonna miss him though, because I'm I just like like joking about him. But yeah, yeah. all right, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. This was shoot uh, more threes. Forgot to say that. Shoot more threes. You forgot to go on your rant about that, but Mm -hmm. I mean this. I don't know what the vibe of this episode will be. We were just kind of letting it sling. It may have come off like I was being somewhat negative about this team. It really wasn't that. It's more mm-hmm. that I think we're just going to play in a lot of close games. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that Wichita State game, with the El Marco performance, I may be as bullish as I've been on this team since pre-early in the season. Like mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think. Obviously, we find out a lot in January about teams, but I uh, I like it, the squad. That is a concern for me, though, is still not knowing exactly how we feel going into, like, Ames or Manhattan or something in early February. Yeah. But it'll happen at some point. Like, I don't know. I'm yeah. excited to find out. Conference basketball is the best, man. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's amazing. Just yeah. in general, like, every night there's a ranked matchup, it feels like. It's just something yeah. about it. And these new games, even like at UCF, is going to be lame, but it's also like first time we get to play at UCF. Like all these, even some boring road games are going to be fun just because they're they're new. Mm-hmm. Houston playing at TCU. That's a unique game that yep. I've never really thought about, but I bet it's a banger of a game that comes down to the final two minutes. Like Even Houston and Ames just doesn't quite feel right, but we're going to see it in like will literally be a week. So. Yeah. All right, well. Thank you all for listening. Uh, shout out to those of you that commented and stayed with us this whole time. Um, pretty low energy today, but uh, it is what it is. New year. I'm tired. ABC. I'm tired. Sick. And radio hits. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. Rock Chalk.